Hello, welcome to Tarot Closet Reflections, where we discuss tarot and spirituality for the low-key and undercover. I am your host, Hawthorne. Hello everyone, welcome back to my podcast. Alright, so let's get started. Today's topic will probably be a longer one, so I'm just going to recommend you get comfy, grab a cup of tea or hot cocoa. I mean, since we are transitioning into fall, at least in the northern hemisphere, um, you know, I've been craving warm drinks and all of this transitioning into fall, the day's getting a little bit cooler, although truth be told our summer has been quite cool because it's been more like a monsoon season, at least where I live, than warm and humid and um, all this time of transitioning had got me and my brother talking about seasons and seasons according to mythology now first off i would like to preface this by saying i cannot cover everyone's every culture's seasonal mythology all in one podcast so that being said i have picked four or five I've picked a few that um, are more well-known cultures that people have heard of. Also, I have picked a few stories that I thought were interesting. So, yeah. Because if I looked into every culture and that we have writing about, this podcast would be hours long. And I believe this podcast is already going to be pretty long. So, therefore, I apologize. Second, I apologize if I pronounce anything incorrectly. I will do my best as someone who has a unique real name. I understand. So, I'm sorry. Um, But, with all of that being said, I hope by now you've grabbed you some tea, some coffee, or something to drink maybe a little snack (laughs) and let's get started here so i thought we'd start off with probably one of the more well-known stories mythologies around the season and that would be the greek myth of hades and persephone there are a couple different versions of this myth just throwing that out there There is a version where Demeter, which is Persephone's mom, was totally involved through the whole situation. Then there's a a separate version where she wasn't really around or a part of this whole situation. So, it just depends on which, which myth you're reading or you look up, but I'm going to read my favorite one out of the two. So... Basically, um, let's get started. So, in the morning, Demeter descended down to Earth with her daughter Persephone. And 
She left her to play with the sea nymphs called Nereids and the Naiads, who were freshwater nymphs of lakes and springs. Demeter is the god of the harvest, in case you don't know. God of the harvest, the god of bounty, the god of fertility on earth, and she went to supervise her bountiful crops as Persephone played and um, played with the rest of her group. Her attention fell upon a potently fragrant valley nearby. She couldn't take her eyes off the yellow yellow flower Narcissus. She called upon her friends to accompany her, but they couldn't leave. They couldn't go with her as leaving the their water as leaving water would result in their death since they were water nymphs. The flower Narcissus was planted there by Gaia, who, if you're not familiar, is the goddess of the earth, who was following the orders of Zeus. The goal was to enchant Persephone and attract her away from her mother. So, Persephone danced her way into the garden and tried to pluck the flower from the ground and drained her energies as the narcissus flower only came up with after a lot of pulling but suddenly to her utter fright she saw a hole which had been drawn out by the flower and that hole began to rapidly grow until it resembled an enormous chasm from this came the vigorous galloping sounds of multiple horses and such such a sight froze her in her tracks. Out of all of her friends, only the naiad Cyan tried to rescue the crying Persephone, but she was no match for the powerful Hades. For the powerful Hades. Um... Cyan melted into a pool of tears and formed the river Cyan at the spot after witnessing her friend's kidnapping. So, Demeter, after she was done with her task, rushed back to where she had left her daughter only to find the Cyan River where the other nymphs were weeping. Worried, of course, she asked them the whereabouts of her daughter. Nobody could tell her anything at all, and furious that they couldn't protect her child, she cursed all the nymphs to become hideous women with plump bodies and scaly feet and called them sirens. It was only the Cyan River that helped her by washing over the belt of Persephone's, indicating that something was gravely wrong. Demeter went mad, hunting for her daughter everywhere, and she even disguised herself as an old lady with a lighted torch in her hands and roamed the earth for nine long days and nine nights. Finally, she met with Hecate, the deity of magic and witchcraft, spirits and crossroads, at the dawn of the tenth day, who had pity at her, who had pity for her in her condition. Demeter and Hecate asked and sought help from the all-seeing Helios, which is the god of sun. 
Helios told Demeter all about how Hades dragged Persephone to the underworld. Before, uh, dragged, Persephone's mother, Demeter, begged her brother Hades to allow Persephone to come back. Persephone Persephone's mother, Demeter, begged her brother Hades to allow Persephone to come back to the living Persephone's Persephone's mother begged Hades to allow her to come back to the land of the living. Arguing that a young Persephone was not supposed to live in the underworld, Hades consulted with Zeus and they both decided to allow Persephone to live on the earth for six months of the year while the rest of the time Persephone's mother Demeter begged her brother Hades to allow Persephone to come back to the land of the living. Arguing that a young Persephone was not supposed to live in the underworld, Hades consulted with Zeus and they both decided to allow Persephone to live on the earth for six months of each year. All the rest of the time, she would be by his side in the underworld. Before leaving the underworld, Persephone had been persuaded to eat four seeds of a pomegranate. This is important because in ancient mythology, to eat the fruit of one's captor meant that they would have to return to the captor or the country. So, Persephone was doomed to return to the underworld for four months of the year because she ate four pomegranate seeds. But she was allowed to spend the remaining two-thirds of the year with her mother on earth so as many of you are well familiar with this mythology this is the greek understanding and reason behind spring persephone is the goddess of flowers and fields i believe and her mother is the goddess of the harvest and during the time when Persephone is away living with Hades this is when the Greeks um, view the end of their harvest season winter comes because Demeter is so sad and so distraught that her daughter is no longer with her so now let's take a look at ancient Egyptian mythology and their reasons for the seasons starting off with ancient Egypt mythology we'll have to start with like 
we'll have to start with talking about a few key gods and goddesses. So, Ma'at. Ma'at is the symbol of truth, balance, and order. Law, morality, and justice. She is also the goddess that regulates the stars, the seasons, the actions of mortals and deities. Her counterpart is Isfet, the god of chaos. So, creation, according to ancient Egypt mythology. Again, this is a bridge version. Ma'at was created from Geb, the god of earth, and Newt, the goddess of sky. Ever since she was created, the world Before she was created, the world was filled with chaos, and Ma'at saved the world from Isfet, the god of chaos. She she implemented order on the new world and saved it from the chaos of her brother Isfet seasons so Ma'at kept the world in universe in order including as I mentioned people and deities as well as the environment she became the god of regulating seasons because she craved and desired balance The seasons for the ancient Egyptians were Akhet, the flooding season, Peret, the growing season, Shemu, the harvest season. They only had three seasons. They were all based on the Nile River, which for the ancient Egyptians was their source of life and livelihood which they believed was controlled by Ma'at. Annually, Ma'at would allow the river to flood, and she did this in an orderly pattern, which happened yearly. The flood of the Nile River was actually crucial and important to ancient Egyptian farmers because it brought a much needed source of water and and nutrients from the river up onto the floodplains to help fertilize and keep their farms growing. So, basically that's the long and the short of ancient Egypt seasons I tried looking for more of like a anecdotal story for it but I was having a hard time finding something so I did I broke it down that way um next we'll take a look into Chinese mythology and their reason for the seasons so with Chinese mythology
last but definitely not least, we will be looking at one of the more popular Chinese mythological explanations for the seasons. So, in the beginning when things were still very early and young within the earth and universe, the creator goddess Niu Kua created four mythical beasts to aid her in taking care of and looking after the world she created. These four beasts were the Azure Dragon, the Black Tortoise, the Red Vermilion Bird, and the White Tiger. At this time, she charged them with, as I mentioned, looking over the earth, protecting her precious creation. Over time, the four beasts began to fight amongst each other. And this fighting started off as little small arguments, but over time things got bigger and bigger until an all-out war broke out. And at the height of the war, up in the cosmos, Nuqua had built magnificent pillars and palace for herself and beings to live in and one of the these beasts were fighting in her lovely palace and these pillars that she made to help hold up not only the universe but earth itself and of course as they tussled and rumbled around with one another they broke one of the pillars causing the great flood very quickly the earth and the cosmos filled with water way faster than anyone expected and Nuqua toiled and labored and spent many days and many nights taking rocks and using them to rebuild the very pillars that she had created so after that long and laborious task and after finally getting the world and the cosmos set back into place. New Kwa decided to prevent future fighting and arguments amongst these great leaders. She decided to assign them special tasks. Because their main reason for their fighting was they Hannah came up with a system as far as who would rule what. So, she sat down and she thought long and hard about what and when each of these beasts rule. And she decided on a way that would be equal and fair amongst all. No beasts having more or less time than the other. To each of them, she divided the heavens into four sections. Each of these sections contained seven lavish mansions. Together, these seven lavish mansions combined created the 28 mansions we know today. 
is believed that these 28 mansions correspond with the 28 major astrological constellations that are seen in both Eastern and Western traditions. To the Azure Dragon, who is the mythical creature of the East, she decided she gave him the spring. As the dragon is considered to be one of the most noblest animals in Chinese mythology, she decided to give him the beginning, the start of the new year. Uh, in general, she also gave him charge over wood, which is unique, I should point out, because most Chinese dragons are associated with water. She also charged him with being bringer of wealth and good fortune to the people below on earth. To the white tiger, she decided to make him the mythical creature of the west. And his season was a season of autumn. Though she believed the white tiger had the strength and mental capacity to be the defender not just from mortal enemies but also evil spirits as well she also charged him with the element of metal to the black tortoise in the north she assigned him the season of winter the black tortoise is often associated with wisdom and longevity. Thus, she thought him suited to brave the long and harsh days that winter would bring. The black tortoise element, she gave him water. And last but not least, to the red vermilion bird she assigned the south. It is important to know also that the vermilion bird in some translations is changed to the phoenix. Um, and it is believed that the vermilion bird and the phoenix by some are the same thing. However... <laughs> Nuqua gave the vermilion bird the summer because of his bright red feathers representing the warmth of the sun. She gave him the element of fire. Made him a symbol for good luck. So, it is... After Nuqua assigned each creature their four tasks, it is since then that the Chinese people view and associate.
with their assignments in hand ever since the four creatures never fought again. So, I hope you enjoyed this brief look at the mythical reason for the seasons. I have certainly had a lot of fun researching, looking up different stories. There are so many more stories from various different cultures that I would love to talk about. So if you're interested in hearing more, please definitely let me know. And like I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, I apologize for any mispronunciations and I know and I understand that there are very many variations to these stories out there and there are different variations, different um, translations of things and I really tried my best to find the more um, I guess to find more trusted translations and tellings of these myths. And I hope that, you know, this podcast was fun and enjoyable and I in any ways did not mean to offend anyone. I just thought it would be fun to expose myself as well as you to other myths besides the Greek and Roman myth for the reason of the seasons. And um, who knows, maybe there'll be a part two if you know yourself of any interesting myths from different cultures around the seasons, about the seasons, definitely engage with me on Instagram. That is the best place to get a hold of me. Let me know on Instagram. Leave a comment. Leave a link. Because who knows, maybe I'll do a part two. Um, As I mentioned, mythology is something that I love to research and it is a dear hobby of mine. And I hope that you will enjoy me next time as we look back to the ancient times, ancient wisdom, and have fun exploring the stories that they told. Until next time. again i'd like to thank you for joining me on tarot closet reflections if you have any questions or would like to connect with me further you can look for me on instagram at tarot underscore closet underscore reflections there i'll often post my daily tarot draws as well as other topics relating to tarot and spirituality I'd love it if you'd connect with me and comment down below. Share with me any ideas or tips that you might have to better this podcast. As with anything, I hope that this podcast will spark some discussion. Perhaps answer any questions or give you useful advice in your own spirituality 
or tarot practice. As with anything, take what resonates and leave the rest behind. I am your host, Hawthorne. Have a wonderful day or evening. Thank you.